It is old man season in sports. As if the pandemic the last year hasn't made things odd enough, old guys are winning championships at every turn. Now, I want to make sure before we really dive into this, I want to give you a little insight, a little context into the show. This isn't actually what aired at noon today on ESPN (laughs) 106.3, Ken LeVick Alive. This is myself and Coquel talking about what we talked about at noon. But because we're a family and we let you into the inside here, we're an open book. Uh, Coquel did, uh, did, did, did not properly record the first 15 minutes of today's well you see what happened there was a malfunction ken oh yeah in my brain where i just it's not that i didn't properly record Uh uh-huh i just didn't record (laughs) until about a quarter of the way into the second segment of the show so uh about that because i wanted it to be special for the live audience oh sure sure and this is like a behind the scenes thing so i was really just looking to change the dynamic of what we do on the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel podcast. Understandable. Uh, completely understandable. So in t- I can say dirty words like, no, I'm not. In, in, in typical sloppy, just how did these guys get jobs? How does this show exist fashion? Uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna give you a, a little bit different version of what we did at noon about old guys. And then I'll be recycling takes, and I may even take some of Ken's that he said earlier <laughs> and now present them as my own. Yep, yep, so yep. I'm going to be on now because now I actually know what we're talking about because when we start the show, I really don't know what I'm going to say until I hear you say things. And so like, now oh, you've workshopped like it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Idea, so. Yeah, totally. Hopefully it'll be a better me now. How how do we get on on the air? All right, so. Right, hold on, Ken. Hold on a second. Let's do this properly. We are a professional, professional audience here. Hold on. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Phil Mickelson, age 50, winning the PGA Championship. What a moment. What a absolute memorable piece of history. I still cannot believe that it actually happened. But also, where were the old guys coming from? And thank you for the open, Coquel. Hey, Appreciate no that. It made it feel more more like the show. Ken Levick Alive, ESPN 106.3, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Studios, Anna John Levine, Accident Attorney Studios right off the Don't tweet at the show. Yeah, don't tweet at us. Don't call us. We don't want any of your input because, well, this is recorded. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. Uh, Phil Mickelson, what he... Follow me on Twitter. We don't have to follow the normal rules, so I'm going to plug away. Go ahead, plug. Follow me on Twitter, at RealCoachK. I need all of you out there. Follow me. I see the numbers of how many people listen, and you're all not following me, judging by the numbers of followers I have. So follow at RealCoachK on Twitter, please. Thank you. You can follow me at KLV1063. Follow at RealCoachK on Twitter, please. Thank you. I don't even care. All right, so... Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship is one of the more awesome things we're ever going to see. One, because it's Phil. Two, because of just how bizarre yesterday was 
with uh, the, the conditions and the winds and uh, balls being stuck in the sand and hitting shots off of beaches. It was wild. But what made it even more wild is that a 50-year-old held off the rest of the field, the oldest major champion in golf history, the timeless sport, and it's Phil Mickelson, who's the oldest major champion in the history of the sport. What Phil did yesterday is one of the single coolest things that I have ever seen in my 36 years of existence And, well, roughly about my 34 years as a sports fan who knew how to feed himself and actually kind of knew what was going on around him. I mean, that was... definitely still pooping in a diaper, too. Yeah, probably. I I see you having that issue. I see you as a bedwetter until at least nine. Yeah, late bloomer. That's like serial killer stuff there. (laughs) If you're bedwetting at age nine, you're like a serial killer. Am I right? No, I was I, not like, getting like the, the occasional nine. accident at nine is where I see. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, doing consistently. If your child at age nine is peeing the bed consistently, you might want to see a psychologist. Just a heads and up. And I know okay? we're talking about Phil, but Phil may be in diapers soon too. I mean, he's getting up right, there in age. But that's part of the thing, exactly. A fifty-year-old won a major in golf and did it on the the course that had the longest yardage. It was the longest course in the history of major golf. And it's Phil Mickelson who takes down three-time major champion Brooks Kepka, who takes down defending Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama, who's able to beat all of these young guns, multiple-time major runner-up Louis Oosthuizen. And it's Phil Mickelson who comes out on top, and not just through luck, not just through happenstance, but because he played better than everybody else, and he still went for it. He took typical put your head in your hands, chew on your fingernails, Phil Mickelson risks, but he won it. He earned it. He grabbed it. And he not only is the oldest major champion in golf history, he does so by almost two full years. He's weeks away from turning 51. It was amazing. It was incredible. But as if the last calendar year couldn't be any weirder, You have this as an exclamation point, as punctuation to 43-year-old Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl with a new team in a new city, and oh yeah, the Super Bowl MVP started every game, was a major contributor, was the complete um, driving force behind the Buccaneers at 43 years old, and he's a champion. Then there's... 36-year-old LeBron James, who's an NBA champion again, defending NBA champion. And Coquel, at 36 years old, when you're talking basketball years, it's like dog years where you add seven years to it. Like LeBron James at 36 basketball years, he's like 44, 45 years old, and he's been in nine of the last 10 NBA finals and is a defending NBA champion. And he's been playing in all those extra AAU tournaments of life. Then he gets to the uh, the NBA and he makes the playoffs every year. Yep. So that's an extra season almost every four years. It's Completely. almost an extra full season of games yep. he's playing. We always talk about that with the Yankees, you know, with their pitching staff when they would go deep into the rotation. They're getting an extra season on there. And then Olympics, his body has to be broken down, which is why he invests so much into his body. What is, in your sports lifetime, the greatest old man sports performances. We've seen three of them 
in the last seven months. Three of them in the last seven months. Whether it's LeBron James winning an NBA championship at 36, Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl as quarterback at age 43 with the Buccaneers, or 50-year-old Phil Mickelson winning a major championship at Kiowa Island. I mean, what about Jack Nicholas, 1986 Masters, 46 years old. Him storming from behind on Sunday. The he, memorable moments at Amen Corner at Augusta. He won three post-40. Yes, yes. I, I mean, George Foreman, and to the caller who called in at noon, who brought this up, and I was ashamed I didn't bring it up. Sorry, I'm stealing this from That's you. Ours now. Yeah, sorry, Ken in West Palm. George Foreman, age 45, beating Michael Moore for the heavyweight championship of the world. That's got to be right up there. But for me, between Tom Brady, age 43 champion, LeBron James, age 36 champion, George Foreman, age 45 heavyweight champion, Jack Nicholas, Masters champion, age 46. What Phil Mickelson did yesterday... Phil Mickelson's at the top. I mean, 50, 50 years old. I'm going to be lucky if at 50, and I'm 14 years away from this, I'm not going to the bathroom three, four, five times a night, able to make it as I wake up with an urgency each night multiple times. Phil Mickelson went to Kiowa. Again, the longest course in major golf history. And not only won the PGA Championship, but he earned it and he fought off everybody else for it. Fought him off. He could have wilted. He lost the lead after one hole yesterday. Came back and immediately retook the lead and then was clearly the best player on the course on the back nine. I mean, it's incredible. It's stunning. And think about this too, Coquel. This is the same Phil Mickelson who at the beginning of his career, young, brash, didn't want to hear about it from anybody else. He knew what to do. He he was the the future. Yeah, he knew all the answers. He was cocky. He had the ego. But he kept getting humbled over and over and over again by Tiger Woods. Kept getting uh, humbled over and over and over again. A guy who we made fun of his weight. We made fun of his man boobs. Well, that was the problem with that, though. Let's, let's, that's on him because he would wear a shirt that was way too tight up top. He like, was you, sausagey. You, you had a chance yeah. to buy a baggier shirt or a different cut shirt. It's, I, I think he tried to accentuate the man but boobs. Think about his transformation. He's become a personality. He's become He's funny. funny. He's become a face of golf. What he does with those head-to-heads with Tiger Woods on national television, pay-per-view, he's become a legit media star. He's headed right to the CBS booth. As soon as this thing comes to an end, whatever his career, which has now been elongated, whatever it becomes. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because you host a golf show um, Saturday mornings. Does this now let him play another five years, at least where we think of him as possibly winning a major each of those years? Because we're going to revert back to this happened. Yeah. I think that it at least puts it in people's consciousness. Does I'm it, not sure. I'm not sure he's going to be competitive ever again in a major. I, that might not happen. It, it might but not. Why happen. wouldn't he just did it now? That's the thing. But you'll never be able to count him out again because of what happened yesterday at Kiowa Island. We still do it with Tiger. We we absolutely. I mean, I mean it reset at but, the moment, but you know, yeah, but, but it reset his career clock. Him winning the 2019 Masters reset that career clock. Like when, when Tiger won again after that long not yep. winning a major. So I feel like if even if Tiger got healthy because he won a major somewhat in our recent future, we'd be like, yep. all 
all right, Tiger's back. You know, maybe he can do it again. And and this is think of the circumstances. A week ago, Phil Mickelson needed a special exemption that he said he wasn't going to take initially, then turned face on that and said, all right, I'll take it, to play at one final U.S. Open. An exemption to play at one final U.S. Open because it's basically Torrey Pines' home course. And this was going to be a farewell. A farewell to major golf for Phil Mickelson. Then he goes out and wins the PGA Championship, doesn't need the exemption anymore because he automatically qualifies for the next half decade of U.S. Opens and majors, period. He's reset his career clock. I, I see him going to 55 now. I completely do. And he had a red carpet roll to him to go into the CBS booth as soon as he said that was it. And I thought for sure after the U.S. Open, that was it. I speculated Saturday just out of jest that if he held on and won the PGA Championship, that he should just hang it up then and say, hey, U.S. Open, bleep you. I don't need that special exemption. I'm done. I'm taking the trophy and I'm going home. No, 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 no. He's going to play. He's going to play. But this is why Phil Mickelson is the best old man sports performance I've ever seen. Why it's greater than Tom Brady. Why it's greater than LeBron James. Why it's greater than George Foreman at age 45. Because he was in complete control the entire time. He was the best player on the course. George Foreman, when he knocked out Michael Moore for the heavyweight championship in boxing, you know, Coquel, one punch, you can get one punch and you can win. You catch him right. Phil Mickelson, through four days, ground his way to a major championship and, again, took risks to do so and hit all the shots that he needed and got out of all of the trouble that he needed. It's the single greatest old man sports performance in my sports fan lifetime. Simply incredible. And it's not going to be topped by 43-year-old Tom Brady or 36-year-old LeBron James or 45-year-old George Foreman or 46-year-old Jack Nicholas or George Blanda or anything along those lines. This is the best from an old man we've ever seen. I mean, if you want to go with, and I'm not excluding um, women from this list because Serena Williams has played in several Grand Slam uh, finals at age 37, 38, 39. Won one last at age 36. All while pregnant. Like, that is truly incredible. Like, that is in the discussion. Sue Bird, age 40, Seattle Storm, WNBA champion. But, man, what Phil did yesterday, it's elite. It's incredible. And I hope that you fully appreciate it because for me... It's the greatest old person sports performance in my lifetime. Does it give you hope? Does it give you hope? Because you got calves like Phil now. You're you're an exercise. I can't activate those calves. I absolutely can. Can you still do? What? How old are you? Uh, thirty six. You're thirty six. I'm forty one. Yeah. Can you still do some of the things? What can you still do that you used to be able to do in your prime? Um, run distance. I'm no longer as fast as I used to be. Um, uh, I, I really don't play basketball very well anymore, but I can still run distance. I still have athletic bones left in my body or athletic calves left in my body, but that's about it. But it's at least something I can hang my hat on, but I do appreciate a fellow genetic calf haver like Phil Mickelson showing out for the genetic calf haver community. All us old men, we got to find what we can do, right? Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we do. I mean, I'm 41. I don't have much. I'm only good at one thing now, and you can ask my wife about that. What is that? Oh, the laundry. Of course. I'm talking <laughs> about the laundry. I'm still very good at folding laundry. Oh, okay. We can, we can wrap it there. It would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because um, no one really gave it personally. Um, but if I was fine, yeah, it would have been cool. Um, you know, it's cool for Phil. But, um, 
getting dinged a few times isn't exactly my idea of fun. Like, I don't mind waiting or being in that crowd, but, you know, getting my... I don't know, it felt like somebody tried to. I don't know what the deal was, but um, that's what it is. I'll be put, put in ice today. It feels like right now. Come on. Really? That doesn't seem like the time, nor the place. It just seems sour grapes. Seems crabby. Why do that there? And no one's trying to injure Brooks Kepka. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And that's not very befitting of someone of Brooks' stature. Brooks Kepka complaining about his knee, insinuating that he was purposely uh, harassed. There was an attempt to injure him. Is that a bad look on Brooks yesterday? Those quotes you just heard from Brooks Kepka. Are those sour grapes? Is that a bad look for the Jupiter man? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. I got to be honest, I don't love that. I don't. And I get being exhausted. It's a long ride. Do you have a problem with what he said? Or, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Do you have a problem with how he felt? About it or a problem with that he shared it? Because I think that's two different things. I think it's fine to feel it. And I, I, I understand that in the moment, you're dis- maybe he didn't have enough time to decompress after meeting with the media, but you have to share that then. Like we're talking about a historic moment. We're talking about a 50-year-old winning a major championship. And Brooks Kepka is going to go to the place where he says, oh, I'm okay with the crowds and I'm okay with being hell. He, he, even, he even is throwing shade when trying to say, oh, things are fine. Things are okay. I'm okay being held up with the crowds, but I, I don't like my knee hurt. Dude, come on. And not just, any, on. Not just any 50-year-old. A 50-year-old who carried the sport and was, yeah. you know, we had the tiger push of golf, right? But every great hero needed, and not that Phil's a, a villain, but some people looked at Tiger as the villain. Some people looked at Phil as the villain. He was that counterpart big name. So a lot of the attention Brooks is getting, Phil was a part of earning that attention yeah. for them. He was a part of that growing of golf for someone who's my age, 41, which I think is a time when golf exploded because of Tiger Woods. So I think there should be some more respect shown to just Phil of, hey, I had to wait, but it's no big deal. Like, this is a big moment for my sport. I guess this is a big moment for me. The problem is golf is popular now, and I think some of these younger players expect all this attention and expect it all to be there and are not appreciative of the fact that these guys paved the way. Well, I feel for Brooks because he's never quite won golf fans over, but that what that's you why. heard is a big reason why, because that's just grumpy. That's just unnecessarily grumpy. Like Save that for a couple of weeks from now when you sit down with Golf Digest or golf week. But do you need that post-round, post-round after a historic, one of the all-time great golf moments where you're going to complain about the crowd around you and, uh, oh, I'm fine with the crowd. I'm even fine sitting and waiting with the crowd, but I don't like uh, getting dinged around a little bit. Listen, man, those are the things that happen. If if you're going to sit there and you're going to complain about that, just... I and he's 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 his own guy. He's his own guy. I know he's grumpy. I know he can be a little blah. But read the room, man. Like read mind. the room. It just comes off as it just comes off as grumpy and petty and salty for really no particular reason. 
I'm as gr- I know it doesn't always. Uh, maybe I don't know how it comes off on the radio, but I'm as grumpy as it comes. Like some people think you can I'm be more, grumpy. Some people more think of me as laughing and joking around a lot, but like I can be pretty grumpy and angry. So I get that. But again, you have to read that moment because now you put yourself in the national limelight as the anti of what Phil just did, uh. of why everyone loves Phil now as a composed as as opposed to yeah. back then when I, Phil used to act a little sure. bit like that. I just assure you, you're, and that's a great point actually, because yeah, that it, and maybe not uh, like grumpy, but Phil definitely had that arrogant thing, yeah. and there was excuse making and things like that. And I'm the best, and if if I didn't win, this is uh, you know I'm not at fault. That's not on me. Um, for Brooks, it's a little bit different because he's it's just sort of it's like bro, come on. Like, it's not that bad. And he thinks a fan ran out. Someone waited till 18 hoping for a big moment to go out there to poke at his knee. Yeah. Like, like if your knee's that vulnerable, you shouldn't be out on like the Like, this field. is happy the Gilmore. Course, whatever you want to call uh, it. Like, no one's coming up and trying to take out your knees. And I hate to do it to a hometown kid. Now, I know. Anyone who I listens know. to this station knows I go above and beyond for the hometown kids. But, like, you you can't do that. You can't act like that. Not in that moment. And I'd you say- can't give Greeny a reason to talk bad about you. On his show all all morning, he was every time he brought up being at the Knicks game, he also brought up Brooks being yeah. grumpy. It was like the theme of the show. And uh, I I would say that hey, young guy, learn from it. But he's, he's not, not a young guy. And he's not gonna. Uh, and he's, Maybe his he, brother will. I just I don't I don't see. I get him being frustrated, and it's fine. It's an emotion he probably you're not normal if you don't have that. But why then? Why? Because it's complaining. It's whining. It's a bad look. Brooks Kepka. Is that a bad look yesterday? Is that a bad look, him complaining about the crowds in the gallery and getting dinged around uh, on 18 with all eyes on Phil Mickelson as he made history? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Well, definitely looks like Julio Jones is on the market now. The Falcons are going to trade him, at least if you believe the words that came out of, oh, well, Julio Jones' mouth earlier today. We'll hear it in a second. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app. And don't forget, you can listen every day on your smart speaker. Then we have it for you on the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon's been doing it for 21 years, and he has been doing it exceptionally with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Just countless countless success stories of his students those who have gotten an mba in sports business going on to uh, uh, careers in sports to realizing a dream to achieving what they wanted to accomplish and sometimes it's tough there's really no true roadmap into getting your career in the sports industry this is the closest thing to it the fau mba sport management program how do i know because the success is there the proof is there if you want to transition or you want to start your journey on a career in sports go to fau.edu slash mba sport fau.edu slash mba sport sign up for fall semester courses either on campus in boca or remote that's the fau mba sport management program fau.edu slash mba sport so Coquel, uh, I was. This was probably about ten minutes before the show, and I came running in here. I'm like, Coquel, you got to, you got to hear this. 
uh, Julio Jones was on Undisputed on FS1 and said that he's out of Atlanta. But I don't even think I told you the full context of it. So this is what happened. Uh, Shannon Sharp, on air, national television, FS1, just whipped out his cell phone, okay, earlier this morning. Don't don't worry, Ooh. producer Coke. Cell phone, okay. Cell, cell phone. phone. I know you were waiting on bated breath to see what the what was going what to was follow. Whipped out, whipped out. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. What what exactly was whipped out? Correct. Uh, no, it was his cell phone, and he just straight up called Julio Jones, called Julio Jones to ask him about where he was with the Atlanta Falcons, and this is what transpired. And he asked about the Cowboys, because I think the clip opens up with yeah. about going to the Cowboys. Yeah, you're, so you're, yeah, and th- there was a question about whether or not he wanted to go to the Cowboys, and I think that that was planted by Skip Bayless, uh, noted Cowboys fan, whether it's rational or kind of irrational. But this is Julio Jones on Shannon Sharp's cell phone on Undisputed this morning. We call? Okay, we're calling. calling. We're calling. Mm. Like, flat out just called him. Holding the cell phone to the mic. Yeah, he's holding the cell phone really to the mic. the answers right. here. Julio, have the guts to pick up the phone. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. All right. Julio. Hold on, hold on. Put you on. Like he's connecting to his Bluetooth right now. He right. has no way. He can't hear Skip. There's the Bluetooth. I got you. This is your favorite uncle. What's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Try to go meet up with my brother. What's happening with you? Man, look. You want to go to the Cowboys, Julio? Or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh, man, no, I'm out of there, man. You out of there? He's out of there. I'm out of Atlanta. Are you going to... Ideally, where would you like to go? Uh, right now, I'm just... I want to win. Okay. Yeah. We don't go to Dallas. If you go to... You ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Nah, I, you already... Man, listen, come on, man. You already know I know. Okay. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Can you remind him we're on television Ask right now? Ask why we're the Dallas... Listen, sure. listen. You know how people is, man, with all that going right. on with the, the picture? Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff like that. Okay. Man, I ain't never been on there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's good enough. Julio, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for calling me back. We on air, but I appreciate you calling me, dog. You know I know my nephew was going to pick up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, nah. Yeah. I, ain't, I, ain't going, I ain't going to Dallas, man. I never thought yeah. about going to Dallas. Okay, I appreciate that, bro. Enjoy I ain't the rest going of to day. Dallas. I ain't talking about now. That. He might not yeah. have any choice. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of things off of that. One, this becomes the biggest story in the NFL because you have Julio Jones, who now—I mean, he straight up said, "I'm out of Atlanta." That's verbatim. I'm out of Atlanta. So, welcome to the trade I market. Think he said, "I'm Julio out of Jones. there, man." Did he say, "I'm out of there, man"? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if you're hip enough. I thought to he catch said, "I'm it. out of," I'm out of Atlanta. Oh, I think he said, "I'm out of there, man." No, you're right. You're right. He actually, he actually did. I'm looking right now. People who would, uh, so he said, "I'm out. I'm out of there. I'm out of there, man." Yeah, yep. I'm but, so much hipper than you. But he just, he just said that. Yeah, I mean, he should have stayed off of Bluetooth. It would have been an awful lot easier to uh, <laughs> to hear him and understand him without the uh, the wind well, blowing through his phone. Well, he thought he was just having phone. a call. He so, didn't even know. But that's another part of this. Like Shannon Sharp at the end said, "I got to go because I'm live on TV." But that's not when you tell someone. When you call them, that they are live on the air. It is industry practice, so you don't get sued by the person you call to tell them right away you're on the air and get their permission to be on the air if it is a guest. And I don't know, like Julio Jones, I'm not sure that he knew that he was on 
live national television. So he went ahead, though, and just volunteered to Shannon Sharp and, oh, yeah, Skip Bayless and, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the 15 people that watch that show, that Aww. he is he is out of there. He's not coming back to Atlanta. And then also proceeded to take a shot at the Cowboys as well. Julio Jones is available. Should the Dolphins try to get Julio Jones? Should they try and get more help for Tua? They got draft capital, right? They do. But what would you give up for Julio Jones? Because Julio Jones himself on national TV saying, I'm out of there, to me that says, I don't need to give up a first-round pick for Julio Jones. I might not need to give up. A second-round pick Schefter for Julio was reporting Jones. reporting they were looking for a first-rounder. Not anymore. The they were Not for, anymore. I think I don't think you're going to get him for a third. You're, you're saying you don't have second. I think a second is Fine. where Fine, I'll still give there. them the benefit of the doubt, but you're no I longer think. getting a first. He said himself, I'm out of there. He ruins any leverage the Falcons had with him. Should the Dolphins pursue Julio Jones if you had to give up a second-round pick for him? To get some help for Tua, go ahead. I know you want to call him what you want to call him. Call Tua what you want to no, call him. No, Tua needs a receiver like that. That's good. If we can ever reach downfield, Ragarm <laughs> can uh, throw it to Julio. Should the Dolphins pursue Julio Jones, who says he's out of there on Undisputed today on a call where I'm not sure he knew he was on national television? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can always years old. I thought he was like 36. <laughs> Really I know. Good. He's only 32, I know. which I know is still older for a receiver. He's one of the best in the league. I think you, you have to take a shot. Yep. If you think you can I win would, now. Yeah, I would give up a second for Julio Jones. I would give up a second, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head a player. Or you just go like the two and a five. Yeah, that's fine. Second and a five. I would absolutely do that, though. I would give up draft equity, a second and a five. Yeah, second and a fifth for Julio Jones. I need help for Tua. I need help for Tua. I want to load up the receivers. Yeah, I know I drafted uh, Jalen Waddle, but now you need someone on the outside. And this not only solves that problem, it makes you dangerous it also, on the outside. You know, we always talk about mentorship, and we went through all that with Tebow and Trevor Lawrence, him being around. Julio being around Waddle would not be a bad thing either. Hell, you know what I mean? No. Give him someone to look, instead of all the pressure on him, totally. now he has someone to look up to. Should the Dolphins. Uh, should the Dolphins pursue Julio Jones? What would you give up for him? I say a second and a fifth. Let's go. Let's play ball. Let's talk. Let's chat. Because now, though, the Falcons can't get a first for Julio Jones. That's not happening. And then they're not going to trade him. This trade, it, when he does get traded, it's not going to happen until after June 1st. Right. Our own Mike Tannenbaum uh, commented on a Schefter post explaining that after June 1st, the Falcons' dead cap hit is 7.5. Yep. That's not, a, that's not a lot. Well, it's very similar to why we didn't expect Rodgers to be traded until June It's 1. still 15 in 2022, but they would save $15 million this year because right now yeah. his cap hit is $23 million. Right. So they would save, and then there's change on either side of the, of the 7 and the 15 to make it 23. Should you pursue, should the Dolphins pursue Julio Jones? 888 <laughs> And again, just in general, what would you give up for 32-year-old Julio Jones who just said that he's, he's out of there, he's leaving Atlanta? I mean, there's a lot of the teams that have to win. I would give up. It's weird. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm not giving up a number one. And that's because I don't think they're in a true – they're in a win-now mode. They're not a Julio. It's going to put us over the edge mode necessarily. If things go their way, he could put them over the edge to win a Super Bowl. But I'll go back to if I'm Baltimore or a team like that and I'm going all in on Lamar, 
and I'm going all in right now, I'd give up. You give up a first for Julio? Yes. You give him that receiver. You drafted him a receiver as well. Hmm. Now you have Brown. You have the receiver they drafted, and you have Julio. And you have your tight ends back healthy. You have no excuses at that point. So two different questions out of this. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, should they pursue Julio Jones? I say unequivocally, hell yes. Um, I would give up a second and fifth. But what, just from a pure, broad standpoint, what are you giving up for Julio Jones? Would you give up a one for Julio Jones, even though the Falcons have significantly less, less um, uh, in terms of, of what they are able to do in negotiation now because he's jumping on undisputed without him probably knowing and saying, yeah, I'm out of there. But you say the Ravens, hell yeah, you'd give up a one. Oh, for sure, if you're going to win now. Plus, maybe he did know he was on air, but knew it was undisputed and no one was watching. <laughs> Oh, man. This this is the reason, though, we have to steal Tannenbaum from Evan Cohen because now tomorrow, 545 on the Evan Cohen Show right here on ESPN 106.3. That's must-listen to find out it what sure he thinks is. about this. Absolutely. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, at ESPN West Palm on Twitter. Hit us up about Julio Jones and also a must-listen. Just give me a couple of moments of your time because I need to tell you about Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. It's where I got my beautiful blue Kia K5 GT that was complimented by the valets at Boca Resort last week. That has never happened to me in my life, but I love that car. I love the color. I love the power. I also love the Pirelli tires, but I love the fact, too, that it's safe and fuel efficient and gets my kids where they need to go. I can truck them all around South Florida and do it in style. And they're taking care of you at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach with their payments on us sale, also their credit clinic. They are bringing local bank representatives on site to help you if you have credit issues, put you in a Kia at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. You cannot go wrong with that. Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. Make sure to go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com and get a beautiful new Kia like I did at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. Hey, Bam Adebayo, wake up. Hey, Knicks fans, how'd that go for you yesterday? We're talking NBA playoffs when we return. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavica and Chris Coquel. The Heat looking to even their best of seven with the Bucks at a game of peace tonight here on ESPN 106.3. Game two, first round series. And that's part of What's on Tap. Brought to you by Stormhouse Brewing. Their opening weekend, North Palm Beach, Crystal Cove Commons. Just a half mile south of PGA on US 1. And looking at all their social media, Coquel, they were packed all weekend. They were jammed in there. And uh, I keep looking at that beer list. I do think that I'm popping in there after work today. I don't want to blame you. I don't I blame think, anyone for going there and it being packed. That place is the best place to be. I think it's a night happening. like tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've got the heat tonight. You've got NBA playoff action tonight all across the board. Go to Stormhouse Brewing and check out their in-house brewed craft beers and their full menu, a craft brewery with a menu. Why is it taking so long? Doesn't matter. It's here. Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, just south of PGA Boulevard, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons. You cannot miss it. It is huge. It is spacious. It is absolutely fantastic. Any sport, any fan, go and check out Stormhouse Brewing. Um, if Bam Adebayo doesn't show up the way he didn't show up on Saturday for the Heat, this ain't going to work. 
You're not going to have as dismal a shooting performance as Jimmy Butler put forth on Saturday, even though he did hit the layup to tie the game and send it to overtime. If Bam is as listless and unaggressive, and it's insane that we keep having to use that word aggressive to try and push Bam Adebayo at this point. He's been in the league long enough now. He's realized his potential enough now. We shouldn't have to be pushing and poking and prodding. The Heat shouldn't have to be pushing and poking and prodding him to be... um, to be aggressive against Brooke Lopez. Like, come on. Come on. Like, well, I just I, didn't understand, and, and I've watched a lot of Heat games, and I know I come on here as a Heat hater because I'm a Knicks fan, but I actually, like, I tweeted out Jimmy Buckets when he hit the shot. Like, I, I want them to do well until they play the Knicks. It's good for us for them to advance. He was standing there wide open at the elbow. Yeah. They, were, they were back in the circle under the basket. He hits that shot. I've seen him hit that shot over and over again. Yep. And he would just grab the ball and look around. I was like, one, they're giving you a running start to attack the lane and attack the rim. Two, just hit the elbow jumper. It was so frustrating. I don't. And here's here's maybe what bothers me most. Because Bam will go through weird lulls where he doesn't want to attack the rim or doesn't trust that shot. Fine. Maybe that, that that's just him. You've got to live with it. But a guy who clearly was bothered by not being in the top three for Defensive Player of the Year, a guy who was clearly affected by that. For him to come out in his first opportunity to prove something, to have the proverbial chip on shoulder, and he was asleep. He was asleep for four quarters, and he let a Lopez brother dominate him. Bam, you're better than this. You got to take the jumper. They weren't, to your point, the Bucks weren't guarding him in the fourth quarter. They did nothing to him defensively because they didn't respect him. And he proved that they shouldn't respect him. The Heat will win a couple of games in this series, even if Bam continues to play like that. But the Heat are not beating the Bucks if that's the Bam you're going to get in this series. Tonight's must win. It's I don't must think win. it's must win. You can't go down 0-2. To co- and then come home to 17,000 fans? You can't They're go fine. Down. No. The Heat are fine. You can't, after the way they lost that game, you can't go down 0-2. The Heat are totally fine if they lose tonight, but if I see another instance of Bam just standing and existing, then the Heat are in trouble. I tell you who has a must-win tomorrow, and that's the boys at Madison Square Garden. Oh, they play Wednesday. So are the Rangers, the Rangers playing tomorrow? What's oh, happening sorry. there? Are the Liberty? Yeah, the Liberty really the Liberty, The Liberty play in Brooklyn now. Do they? Yeah. When they move there. Uh, it was supposed to be last year, but because of the pandemic, it never actually came to be. Um, so Does Dolan not own the Liberty anymore? No, he he got rid of them. Oh, can he do that to the Knicks? <laughs> um, but the, the Knicks are in a must-win Wednesday. Which just My doesn't, it, well, it should be tomorrow. Like It yeah. doesn't make sense that, that a, a non-travel day, you have three days off. It really does suck for the Knicks to have to sit and simmer on that for two full days. Randall was terrible. He Tra- was awful. Trey Young needs to act like he's been there before. <laughs> be classy. Um, um, I like my athletes to be down. classy athletes. Who, yeah. Um, yeah. Trey Young has, has actually never been there before. Well, he needs to act like it. That's why I said act <laughs> like it. Pretend. Um, I thought the Knicks had that when they got down by four and then came back, were up by four with about 90 seconds left, and then Trey Young... I don't love his game. I really don't. But what he did, he took that game over. And he hit floaters. And he earned his way to the line. Legitimate fouls. And he shut the Knicks up. He shut no, it down. I have no problem with what he did. If it was any other player no, against any other team, I, I would have been, that's my favorite moment of the weekend. But the crowd was chanting, 
bleep you Trey Young throughout the game. Yeah. Throughout the game. I do like it. that he he shushed his um he shushed his eyebrows as opposed to uh his mouth though. Interesting move on his part. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> he before. did have like a wrist. Uh, that was wrist very weird. Nose. I've never seen anyone shush uh, anybody else uh with their eyebrows. That was bizarre. Shush that but haircut. But in in terms of game two must wins, the Knicks significantly more so than the Heat. We had a why? Oh, because they're going on the road. Yes. Makes sense. We had a big argument last week, and I know we got to wrap it up. Um, Randall versus Bam, who had a better year, and they were both awful. Yeah. Yeah. Randall was non existent. There is not one single positive I can take from either Julius Randall or Bam Adebayo from their game once, and that's stunning to me. The only thing I enjoy, I liked about it for the Knicks' future is Obi Toppin played the best I've seen him play all year. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett was. Great and Alec Burks and Alec Burks is great, but and then the young core quickly clearly yeah. not scared of the moment either. Yeah. So if Randall, hopefully those are the nerves because this is this is shocking. That's his first playoff game too. Yeah. Which is weird because yeah. you think of this point in his career, it wouldn't be. Hey, uh, national media. By the way, we get it. Madison Square Garden hosted a playoff game. Guess what? Every other arena that has fans is loud at playoff time no, as well. Madison Square Garden's not baby. Madison Square Garden's not anything special. Other arenas have been loud before. Uh, okay, okay, we're gonna play back. If you listen to the Greeny podcast, it was clearly the most special environment hey, did ever. You, did you hear that Greeny was there? I, I, listen, did he did he mention that he was there? I think he might have been there, and it might have impacted the way he watched because he couldn't hear. It was oh, oh I, I think I may have heard about fifteen times leading into us that Greeny was at Madison Square Garden. We we ripped Brooks Kepka before, and we shouldn't have. I just want to address that right now. Being a Cardinal Newman alum, we shouldn't have. What we should be ripping is that jerk John Collins because those twelve point seven rebounds were key in them beating the Knicks. <laughs> okay, so cut that out, Collins. Yeah, let's tank it a little bit here. I don't need you stepping up because I can't root for you either right now. <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be better though. We had a lot of fun today, and we tried our hardest. We'll talk to you tomorrow. He's Kokel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN one hundred six three. Bye bye.